sermon here on Wednesday nights, but that the Lord is really challenging us um, in in some you know some pretty tough areas. Uh, it's not all just sugar and spice and everything nice, but the Lord's trying to say, I, I, I need you ready. I need you in a place, uh, you know, especially for this day and time that we're in. And God's been challenging us in some deep areas. And uh, we talked about last Wednesday about, am, am, are we going to serve uh, the gods of the age or the God of the ages? And, uh, and, and Colin had already been getting ready, you know, for this, this coming up tonight. And uh, came to me after uh, after class was over, and God had moved and spoke to us, and he said, man, he said, that, that, that's just what the Lord was speaking to me. He said, he said, it's just like, almost like part two. He said, it's just, uh, you know, he, he was, we agreed right there together, you know, we could see there together that God is trying to speak to his people and let us know, uh, you know, I, I need your, I need you consecrated to me. I need your focus on me. I need your heart on me. Don't, don't set up idols in your life, you know. And uh, and I'm not going to re-preach everything, but uh, I say all that to say this. I know that the Lord has a word for us tonight. Uh, the Bible says, "Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses." So I'm bearing witness tonight that the Lord is trying to speak to us, and uh, and I have confidence uh, in Colin tonight and what the Lord has given him. So let's give him a hand as he comes tonight. Appreciate him. It's my friend, my brother. I love you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Um, I actually originally had prepared, like he had spoken, um, that it, it was kind of a thing how he was speaking to our youth about like the gods of the age and um, and idols and that like I definitely. After that service, I, or actually during the service when he was preaching it, I, I, he said the uh, verse, which was Exodus 21 through 5, was his, um, his met the verses he was using, I apologize, and um, he, I, I, he said it, and I was like, oh my goodness, I, I was just reading about that, and that's what I was studying on, so um, if you would stand for the word of the Lord, please, um, and turn to 1 Corinthians 2. Uh, verses 1 through 5. When you got it, say amen. Um, verse 1, it says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You could be seated. So, so many times today, we have been placing our faith in the wisdom of men, and we wonder why the things we do fail. We depend on our own knowledge and the knowledge of men and women to get us through. We let the financial advisors tell us that there is no way out of this hole that we're in and that we're just going to go bankrupt. We let the doctors tell us that our lives and our health are doomed and we believe it instead of trusting the promises that God has promised us. We have been such a culture focused around the words of man that we cannot 
almost wait for a second to let God speak to us. The answer might not come immediately. And no, no, that's not easy to face, but it might not come immediately. Even in Romans 12 and 12, it says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Like, do, do y'all really realize what that is saying? It says rejoice in hope in the beginning. That, I mean, that's the easy part. When we have hope, it's easy to be happy. It's easy to rejoice. But the hard part is the second part. Be patient in tribulation. The literal meaning of tribulation is a cause of great trouble or suffering. This means that even when we're going through the hardest times in our life, we have to be patient. This means that we, when we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, when we don't know what the outcome is, when we don't know what's going to happen next, and we, we've heard awful life-changing news, we still have to be patient. And the last part, be constant in prayer. The word constant is defined as occurring continuously over a period of time. Even in Philippians 4 and 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It says there, too, in everything. Not in something here, not in something there, but in every single thing, by prayer and supplication. I'm not saying that we have to be on our knees 24 hours a day and seven days a week, although that would be amazing. It would be amazing if that was a possibility. But there are things that we do have to do. I'm not giving you an excuse to not go to work. So don't, don't think that. But also, If work is completely hindering you from having a relationship with God, then you may need to check where your priorities lay. We have to stay in a prayerful mindset at all times. Prayer is a direct line of communication to God, and the only way we are going to be able to get through is to keep that line intact so that God can lead and guide us through every single part of our lives. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. Um, We need to trust God and let him take over our whole life. Just like I was saying, every part. It's not in just one thing here, one thing there. It's in every single part. We have to give it all over to him. I heard a message uh, preached by Brother Michael Patterson. It was actually, I believe, in um, the Regeneration Weekend, the men's... um, part we had on that Saturday morning, maybe two years ago, I believe. And he spoke about how we all have rooms in our lives, and that some of us, um, honestly, we have that one room that is closed off and dark and dusty, and that's where our problems lie. It's almost as if our spiritual walk with God is like a house, and the rooms are the part that make up our walk with God. So many times we we do let God into our house, but we do not open every door for God to shine in and clean out. We have to let God enter every single one of the rooms in our lives and let him take control so that he can have his perfect will. As long as we hold on to those things that that have held us back, 
we are not going to be able to be in God's perfect will. We are not going to be able to fully see what God has in store for us if we're holding on to that. It says in James 4 and 7, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This isn't talking about submitting just one or two of those rooms. It's talking about submitting every single one of those rooms. How is God going to cleanse you from what is not pleasing to him if you don't give him access to that room? So many times we, we place our joy and our happiness in people and things on this earth when in reality we have to give that to God. How many of you have, it, have heard it preached that God is a jealous God? By a show of hands. Anyone? Um, it even says in Exodus 20, 3 through 5, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath the earth, under the earth. And in verse 5 it says, You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. Jake spoke about this last week. This was the verse that hit me when he said it. I was like, oh my goodness, we're along the same lines. I feel like God was confirming that. Um, we, we ask God for strength, but we, we need to realize that we need to place our trust and faith in him. And that's when we will find the joy of the Lord. It even says in Nehemiah 8 and 10, Then he said unto them, Go your way. Eat the fat and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The reason we ask for strength a lot of times is because we are going through things. We, we, we don't know how to face it, and we don't know how we're going to make it, so we ask for strength from the Lord. And... The thing is, we need to realize that it's not strength that we need. It's the joy of the Lord that we need that will then give us our strength. Just like Jake talked about last week, um, we have these idols in our lives that we put our faith, our trust, our time, and our effort into And we don't have that time to put our trust and faith into God and His Word. I'm going to be transparent. Uh, For me, football was an idol. I did not realize this at the time. It wasn't this awakening moment while I was playing football that I was like, oh my goodness, I'm spending so much time and effort and sleepless nights and working out and everything. I, I was focusing on football. And like I said, I didn't think about it when I was there. But now that I look back now, I see that's what I put my happiness and I put my joy and my effort into. It was almost like it dictated my life to a point. And I I mean, I loved the Lord and and I wanted to please Him, but He was not the one that I truly was pursuing. I was pursuing football. I, I would wake up and I'd think about it and I would live my life away in a way that would help me in football. I watched what I fed myself. What you feed yourself can be a message in and of itself. Just like athletes watch what they feed themselves, we have to watch what we feed our spirits. Foot, 
Football left me, but God has never left me. There is nothing in this world that is going to keep you like God will. And I can promise you that right here and right now. Even though most people who do have idols in their lives struggle with different things, music is one of the biggest idols in today's, life, in today's time. Just like Jake said last week, it's not okay to sing about music that talks about worshiping and lifting your hands. Then go and listen to music that talks about fornication and shaking your rear end. It's not a matter of just entertainment. It's a spiritual matter, guys. Have you listened to any music from today's time of this world? Have you? Kanye West literally has a song by the name of Mercy. And the beginning lyrics of this song starts as, Well, it's a weeping and a moaning and a gnashing of teeth. It is a weeping and a moaning and a gnashing of teeth when it comes to my sound, which is the champion sound, Believe, Believe. This goes on without even being talked about because people like the beat of a song. Music was the only thing that's on this earth that was not made on this earth. Everything that we encounter or we use was made on this earth. I mean, look, look around. The walls, the chairs, the instruments, everything was made here. Music was not made here, though. It was created in heaven. It was created on a completely different level so it operates on a completely different level. You cannot listen to a song just because you like the beat. Your spirit is going to collect and receive the message that is being played in your headphones and that is being played through your car speakers, even if, you're, even if your mind does not fully comprehend what the words are saying. Music was specifically made by God to worship. And there was absolutely no other reason for music to be made. So how are you, a human, going to separate music from what God made it for? You can't. You cannot. It doesn't matter where or when the music is being played. It's always going to be about worship. The only thing that's going to change is the content of the music and what you're worshiping. So Satan was put in charge of music in heaven. And so you don't think that he doesn't have a part in the music in today's time? You don't think that he's going to try and gain control over you through that? Do you think that music will not spiritually confuse you if you're not listening to the right stuff? It even says in John 8 and 44, Ye are the father of... I apologize. Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. I'll be plain and simple. The devil is a liar. And whatever these artists are singing about that is okay, that's lies too. 
so many of these artists have even admitted they, they are possessed by demons. So many people listen to Beyonce. She admitted that she was possessed by a demon. Nicki Minaj was admitted, or she admitted that she was possessed by a demon. And there are so many other artists that have done this same thing and that are caught up in these kinds of things but act as if they have no effect on them. We act that, or we act like we can go and listen to their music and act just that we're, oh, we're, we're fine, we're okay, it's just a song. No, it's not just a song, it's worship. The world will always say it's all right and okay. Why do you think this world is in the shape that it's in? I'm definitely not going to say, hey, go and listen to it. But this music is changing the minds of people in this world, and it's not in a positive manner. It's bringing ideas into minds that we can just accept things that for so long we have taught are completely wrong. Completely wrong. And they just act like it's okay and everything's fine, Jim Dandy, but it's not. We can make just about anything we want an idol in our lives. Although music is so, so powerful, there are so many things on this earth that can so easily become an idol. I know this is cliche, and just about every minister that has walked up to a pulpit has preached against social media. And while it can be used for a great tool for us, it is mainly used negatively. Listen, people devote their lives to social media nowadays. I don't don't know if y'all realize that, but they legitimately devote their lives to it. I know that my generation understands and that I'm sure they they see it all the time. But people, they, they devote their lives so they can be famous on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. And they're, they're trying to make a living on these things by vid- posting videos and posting pictures. And I'm not saying that it can't be used for good because it can. It can. You can witness to people through social media. If you use it the correct way, it can be used for good. But the majority of these people that... They're not posting content that contains the plan of salvation or witnessing to people through their, their social media profiles. They're showing people how they have idolized something to the point where this is what they live their lives to do. People will do things that are absolutely insane to gain a couple of followers. They will risk their own lives to gain a couple followers. But if we are not careful, we can fall into that same trap. If we, we, we can find these small things that we don't think are that significant, but they can become idols. Like playing music, playing sports, being on social media, relationships, work, etc. It doesn't have to be massive things in our lives. Just because it doesn't seem that significant doesn't mean that it can't be turned into an idol. We have to be stronger than ever before. And we cannot let these things make us lost. Listen, I have seen people that have been praying in these altars and they have walked out of these doors and they do not come because they are in work. And I know Jake preached on it last week. I know he did. 
And I knew exactly where he was going when he started talking about it. I have seen my own friends and my own family walk away because of work and because of these idols that we set so high in our lives but really should be at the complete bottom. It breaks my heart. I have family that, that are prodigals. I have friends that are prodigals. It, it's not okay to let these things become so significant in our life that we miss church, that we miss prayer, and we miss a relationship with God. It, it's not worth it. And if we can understand that tonight, I believe that God will move in our lives and he, he will begin to open doors that we never would have even seen with our own eyes. Um, you, you could stand. I'm wrapping up. I just wanted to read a quick excerpt for you. Um, in 1 Kings 19, 19 through 21, it says, So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, uh, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me pray, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. I was reading a devotion, and it, it really stuck out to me. Um, it talks about love requires commitment. We have to be committed to this life. No matter what it costs, we have to be committed to this. Love requires commitment, and commitment requires abandoning our exit strategies. One of my favorite examples of removing any exit strategy comes from the prophet Elisha. The Old Testament book of 1 King portrays Elisha's extraordinary story. God called Elisha into a life of ministry, but Elisha wisely, un wisely understood that embracing his calling would mean letting go of his current career, his work, his job, his way of making a living. He had to make a choice between his love for God and his need for the familiarity and financial security of his home. Elisha was a farmer from a family of farmers. His cattle and his farming equipment represented his family trade, his heritage, and his income. Elisha didn't want the temptation of a comfortable exit strategy in his mind on the days when his new life in ministry might get uncomfortable. Elisha wanted to go all in with God to simultaneously celebrate his new calling and publicly display his commitment to God. Elisha threw himself a very unique going away party. He slaughtered all of his cattle and cooked their meat by burning all his farm equipment. He was symbolically and literally lighting fire to his exit strategy. As he celebrated with his his new adventures with friends and family that night, they all knew he wouldn't be coming home because he'd made sure he'd have nothing to come home to. He had removed the temptation. He had eliminated the exit strategy. His love for God moved him to a dramatic commitment. God honored Elisha's commitment. 
Elisha went on to become one of the most significant spiritual leaders in Israel's history. His love, his faith, and his commitment to God continue to inspire people around the globe. Love thrives where love is rooted in commitment. We have to take after Elisha, and we have to exit, we have to abandon these exit strategies and these idols that dictate our lives. The longer we keep them in our lives, the longer we are not fully submitting our lives to Christ like we need to and the farther and farther away that we can get from Him. So tonight, can we just give it all over to Him? Can we abandon these things that have been taking us away from a relationship with God? Can we set fire to the things that have been idolized in our life tonight? Can we say to God, Search me, O God, that there might not be anything that is not pleasing to you. I just pray that y'all would keep that as a prayer tonight, that y'all would not let these idols continue to dictate your lives and, and not run your lives, but run your lives. So that's what I have tonight, and I thank y'all for the opportunity. Fantastic. You know, it's a great privilege to see people that you knew as children grow into young men and young women and have sold out to the Lord. As, uh, you know, I've known Colin since he was uh, a little boy. And, yeah, he was a little boy at one time. He's a big old fella now, but he, he was a little guy. But, you know... He had a, a heritage from from grandparents and parents that have uh, been instilled in him, and he has now learned to keep that commitment. You know, a lot of people want the benefits of relationship; they just don't want the commitment of relationship. They 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 want the love and affection and attention; they just don't want to have to stick with it. They want their exit strategy. Good man, that was fantastic tonight. This kind of word, uh, it, it beckons an altar call. We need to come and pray and search ourselves and, and, then, and recommit ourselves. Lord, search me. And if there is anything there, get it out. So, Brother Chris, if you'll put some music on, I'm going to open the altars up. Would you come and pray for a few moments and just thank God that you are where you are? And, Lord, whatever it takes for me to stay, whatever it takes for me to be here, then that's what I want I want, I want to serve the Lord. I want, I want to finish this race. I want to make it all the way to the end. How about you? Let's find a place and pray for a few moments. Oh, I-
Before we head out, let's all just stand together and lift our hands and thank him one more time for the word that we heard tonight. Come on and thank him for his mercy and grace. And Oh, God's been good. God's doing great things. There's things coming. Hallelujah. Promises are coming. Hallelujah. Blessings are coming. Hallelujah. We thank you, God, for the privilege of your house, for the power of your word. Come on, give the Lord a hand and a shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord. I'll tell you, if there's anything that encourages a, a, a slightly older minister is to hear uh, young men like this and young women like this uh, standing for truth because I love this way of life. Brother Larry, I love it. And it's great to know that it's in good hands if the Lord tarries, that there's still young people that's going to stand and preach this truth. And I'm thankful for that tonight. Brother Colin, that was a great word. We thank you. I know he's somewhere. There he is. Praise God. Appreciate that. Appreciate that tonight. Have a great rest of the week. We'll be here Sunday, the Lord willing, ready to have some great churches. Father's Day, so if you're traveling to see your dad, God bless you. Be safe. And if you can't get to him, at least call him. And if, you, if he's not here anymore, then we pray for you in a, that time. That, but remember the good things about your dad. You get one, natural one maybe. But, you know, uh, anyway, I'm getting digging a hole. You know, just trying to get out of it. So just God bless all the dads, whoever you are. We praise you. Appreciate the Lord. So uh, God bless you. You can be dismissed tonight in Jesus' name. We love you.